Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're in the red zone with Nick Coffee on 790 KRD. Fueled by Thorntons. Holy crap. I don't know who the hell we think we are. My wife! My wife can score more than two buckets on 11 shots. The kids are playing their tail off, and the coaches are screwing it up. Go play intramurals, brother. Go play intramurals. They're supposed to be mature adults, but they're really not. Who's the kid here? Who's the kid here? Are you kidding me? Now here's your host, Nick Coffey. Good morning and welcome in. You are in the red zone here on a frosty Thursday morning. It's cold outside. They were not kidding when they said that the colder temperatures were on their way. But uh, hopefully you guys are staying warm and uh, hopefully you're going to stick with us. We are with you now for the next three hours. My name's Nick Coffey, the marvelous Matt Allen alongside. Matt, you warm in there? You, you cozy? You toasty? Good. good. I mean, I worry about you sometimes. Just got to make sure you're doing good. Nice and warm in here as well. So let's uh, let's get it started by reminding you once again, we are fueled by Thornton's. If you are cold this morning, stop in, get a warm cup of coffee. Delicious donut. Humongous donut, by the way. I mean, I don't know if we can compare them to the other donuts you're going to get at uh, similar places, but uh, they're delicious, they're humongous, and again, we're proudly fueled by Thornton's. You get that cup of coffee and you get that donut free if you sign up to become a refreshing rewards member so take advantage if you're not if you haven't already all right so uh where to start i mean matt i know you've been locked in on this world cup and i don't blame you uh, i'm excited now and it seems as if you know now that we're already set to uh to go on saturday morning against netherlands uh you know we're just watching the others to see who ends up who who else ends up making the cut i didn't i would be a liar if i told you i tuned in and watched a bunch of world cup action yesterday but inst- i didn't watch but i was keeping up with what was in fact going on at the time i've already forgotten what happened but uh the event the event is awesome and i will say this the world cup I mean, Matt, is there a memorable World Cup for you that you felt like, okay, I really like this. This is pretty cool. I'm in. Would it have probably been? What do you mean? Pre- like my first one? Well, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe it was your first one. Like, I remember yeah. the World Cup in 2014, but I wasn't like I'm already more into it now because it's just I'm. I'm I found myself. You well, know, it'd be hard if you be less into it. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> made it to the second time. Yeah, it's true. Hard for me to be less into it. But didn't they make it to this round last time as well? No, they didn't make the World Cup last time. Well, the last time they were there is what I mean. Uh, did they make the knockout round in 2014? I think they you are did. a World Cup insider. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's kind of you know it's kind of your role. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, um, I'm excited for Saturday. I am, uh, but despite a lot of you, and I don't know how many of you actually, but the World Cup's a big deal. But college basketball, man, it's. Last night, I mean, the ACC Big Ten Challenge, which, by the way, I think it's for the first time since 2015, maybe, that, that the ACC has, in fact, won this challenge. No help 
from Louisville, of course. But uh, some good games last night. Purdue and Florida State ended up being a better game than anybody expected. They were tied at half. Florida State is awful, 1-8. and eight. I mean, that may be an opportunity for Louisville to get a win, but... Uh, and yes, I'm clearly on the more on the pessimistic side in life at times. But I mean, even though Florida State was is bad, they're again they're one and eight. They did just play number five relatively close. And when I just watch them play, take away the score. I mean, I just watch what's on the floor for Florida State. Who Louisville will play next? I think it's not this Saturday, but next Saturday. I mean, I just feel like they're better. Carolina and Indiana. North Carolina has now lost three games in a row after being ranked number one. It's the first, it's I think they're only the second team ever to have a three-game losing streak after being the preseason number one team in America. And this this is the same Carolina team as last year. And I mean that from top to bottom because they weren't very good in the regular season last year, if you remember. They got hot in February to to solidify their spot in the tournament. And then they went on to make it all the way to the national championship game. So they, you know, I'm sure they're hopeful that they'll be the same exact team and make that big run. But they've got talent with Baycott and uh, that Nance kid who transferred from Northwestern has filled right in where Brady Manick was. Caleb Love is there. RJ Davis. I mean, Leaky Black, an elite defender. They're the same team. But that may not be a good thing as far as the regular season. And Indiana got the win last night. Indiana's good. Like, they've got really good players. They play hard. Indiana is a good team this year. I don't know how far they're going to go in the tournament. Clearly, they're going to lose some games. I wouldn't say they're one of the best teams in the country, but they're good. And I said this last night. People people can try to rewrite history and do the revisionist history stuff, but when Mike Woodson was hired at Indiana, it was mocked about as much as any hire I can think of in college basketball. What do they want to pay Brad Stevens ten million plus? And he's you know he was not interested, so they went with Woodson, and everybody mocked him. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of people, even Indiana fans that I know and respect, and I'm not even criticizing them. Were, were, were head, they, it was a head scratching hire to them because they just didn't know if it would I mean it, it's a guy from the NBA who hadn't worked in college. He's one of their own. It's it's a similar situation to Kenny Payne, other than Woodson had been a head coach at the NBA. And he's done a good job. He's recruited well. Guys play hard for him. So good for Indiana fans out there. And by the way, Carolina, I mean, not only are they the first or the second team ever to be preseason number one and lose three in a row, their drop from number one to number 18 is the biggest drop a number one team has ever had in AP poll history. So the heels are, are, are down bad, but can I say that? I mean, I can because it's true, but I just feel a little hypocritical uh, talking about anybody being being down bad as there are 363 Division One teams and only six don't have a win and Louisville's one of them. So like, yeah, just, but you're not on the team. So I'm not. I don't know why you'd feel But I'm card boy, ain't I? You are card boy, but you're not. I mean, as much as you'd like to be, you're not on the team. I wouldn't want to be on this team. It'd be depressing, <laughs> and I wouldn't make them any better. It'd be, a, and I, you know, I meant to pile on, but like these players have to be miserable, right? I mean, they they, they are the they're they're one. I mean, right in in real time, they are one of the biggest jokes, the biggest punching bags currently in college basketball. They are the highest ranked Ken Palm team without a win. 
Hang the banner. I mean, think put it about on that. a t-shirt. All the other teams that don't have a win are ranked way lower. Not way lower. They can't but hang. Lower. They can't hang. Exactly. They can't hang with us. Exactly. Catch up. Jesus, it's bad. And it, and again, the more I watch, like last night, you know, the other games, Duke and Ohio State. I mean, those teams are actually pretty damn good. So like, it's not like I'm thinking they can compete. But let's look at Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame, Matt. If you got Kim Pum pulled up. Fact check me here. Didn't Notre Dame lose to Lipscomb, who's on Louisville's schedule, coming up here soon? I'm pretty sure they did. And they just asked Wax. Notre Dame is 6-1. and one. They beat with Lipscomb by one. Okay. who they lose to? St. Bonaventure. Yeah, the Bonnies. you got to watch out for them. Anyways, I'm watching Notre Dame last night, and they played well. They beat Michigan State by 18 points. They asked Waxed them. And, like... They're going to kill this Louisville team. <laughs> like that's that's. I mean, this is where we are, and it's not. I mean, again, we know this given what we've seen for the first seven games. But when people say, "Oh man, it's going to get worse before it gets better," they're right. They're right. It's uh. You're right in there. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Um, I mean, it's just it's 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 not fun. So, what do we do? I guess just sit in this mess and... It's going to be one for a bit. Oh, for sure. That's why I need the United States to win the World Cup. Matt, you're supposed to say, yeah. It could happen. It could happen. I mean, it probably won't, but it could. (laughs) So give me one... So Louisville could get the season turned around. It could happen, but it probably won't, right? It could. What, do you, what would you consider, at this point, considering See, I, the first seven games, what would you consider turning it around? 12 wins? 15? I mean, right now, that would look like turning it around. They look like they're not going to win s- seven games. Oh, no, I think the realistic number for Loyal is five. Like, if you set the line, that, that if I'm an odds maker, I would set it at five. And I would take the under right now. Um no, yeah, 12 to 15, that would be absolutely turning it around. But that's what's sad, is that it shouldn't be like that. No, it should not. And that's that's just what makes it you know sad. And look, I, I'm not going to pile on because why do that, but I am going to at least give you my thoughts on the situation and, and, and how bad it is and, 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 and just assess what we're hearing and what we're seeing. And the more I give it thought, the more I, I, I just don't think people – I don't think people – I said this to Tony Cruz who just popped in here before the show started. Anybody who is not seeing what is right in front of us as far as like, oh, this is this is bad, bad, is in denial. Now, there's nothing we can do about it right now. And, of course, you know, you've already got folks just saying, you fire Kenny Payne after year one. You'll set the program back forever. Who would come and work for you? You fire a coach after ten, after you know one year. At this point, it's not about like I mean, if Louisville goes three and twenty eight, I mean, Kenny may walk. If he goes three and twenty eight, and you keep him around, I mean, I just I don't agree with that. You know that he would walk. No, I don't agree with if if the record were that bad, no one can say. I mean, can any? Can, 
I don't care what you've got. You gotta, you gotta let 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 somebody do their job. If somebody gets fired after going three and twenty eight, nobody's gonna say, "Oh man, no what, nobody to blame but themselves." I mean, you can't blame a school. You can't say you should have had more patience. For what? Three wins? I'm with you, man. No, I'm with you. If you're saying, you know, you know who says that? Agents. That's who says that. Or fans in denial. Well. They're, then they're agents. <laughs> Unofficial agents. They want, they're, 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 they want to be agents. If 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 you're saying that, you can't you 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 should not there's no reason you're setting the the program back forever. No, you're no. The, it was so bad you had to do something. And that, no, that's I'm with you. I am. No. And I'm not saying that's the way you should go because I don't know how this season's gonna turn out, but no. I mean it. There is no, nothing is set in life, okay? Things change. Situations change. And sure, the idea is you would like to give a coach time to, as we say, get his guys in or whatever his he, guys in. or whatever they're going to do. But if it's so bad, I mean, imagine being on a date and it's the worst date ever and they've already spit in your food. And shoved you, and some people said may be into that. Four or five ugly things, and you say, "Well, I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta wait through dinner." Yeah, you know, who, who, who would go out with me if I if I didn't wait through dinner? I, I gotta see if it turns around. No, it's an awful situation, and you get out of it. Yeah, I think if I can try to look into the crystal ball and predict the future, even those that right now I would say that are in denial, they'll just keep saying, "Look, it's going to take time. Got to give him time. Got to give him time. Please give him time." It will weigh on you to where if we did get to an end result and they are three and twenty eight or four and you know twenty whatever, I think at that point, if in fact there was a all right, this is likely going to end in like a mutual parting of ways or something like that, even those people would say, all right, I get it. I, I think that's how they would react because that's just human nature. But I don't know. We'll see. And here's I mean, what here's what here's what irks me is that you know it's such a it's such a generic you know back pocket thing to bring out anytime you just don't want to acknowledge that this is a mess and that it's problematic and there is deserved criticism you just say well hey, it's going to take time but I, look i gave it some thought yesterday i'm tired and i'll get to this coming up here shortly i'm tired of hearing about the culture being so bad i mean the culture at louisville over the years from the locker room has not been that bad the only thing that happened is last year they had an uncharacteristically bad year and their coach left midseason, but you did not inherit some band of misfits. And not, I mean, I don't have that same, uh, you know, situation now. But last year, I can tell you, top to bottom, who was a pleasure to coach and who was kind of a knucklehead. Kenny did not inherit a group of guys that he's just got to start from the bare bones about culture. The cult, the only thing that it, the only issue they had with culture was they didn't win much last year. That was the damage of the culture. So to keep chalking it up to that, some of these guys look more broken now than they were a year ago. I mean, I just – again, I'll get to that later. But that, I, that's – this this rewriting of history is if Louisville has some humongous basket – like there have been off-the-court issues, clearly, but they have nothing to do with any of these kids in the locker room. That damaged culture that was so awful last year, and I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm saying it wasn't. They didn't okay. win, but well, they didn't – Well, ha- I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm saying that that, that notion what, that notion of whatever it is that happened last year 
they still won 13 games. This team ain't winning 13 games. And they fought hard in some of the games they lost. So, I mean, if it was such a bad culture, so what you're saying is that culture was terrible, can't be repeated, worst thing ever, and you're going to replace it with something worse? Because I'm sorry. That's what this is. That's what this looks like. So far, through seven games, that horrible garbage of last year... It looks like you've replaced it with something worse. Oh, you have. Because I mean, they yes. haven't won a game. Yeah. And they've lost their last four by an average of 25 and a half points. There you go. Yeah. I mean, wh- I mean, you can say people are getting along and all that, and that maybe that's true, and that's fine, and that's great, good, but they're not winning, and they're not even getting close. Yep. So is that what you want to? You want everybody to get along and never win a game. Nobody's going to be happy with that either. Totally agree. All right. Uh, we got a lot we're going to get into today. I mean, we can, we'll can we continue to let folks react about re- react regarding basketball because that's kind of what you do in this situation. But uh, we'll talk some football today as well because coming up here in about uh, 25 minutes, we're going to be joined by our man, Alex Cupper, former Louisville Cardinal. Get his thoughts on how this season wrapped up. Also, speaking of Louisville football, I mean, Yasir Abdullah was robbed of the ACC Defensive Player of the Year yesterday. And the evidence that's right in front of our face is just unbelievable. Uh, I don't know if it'll get much attention because it's Louisville. I don't think they moved the needle in the ACC because they're not an original member. And, of course, they're not a power program or anything. But if you just present the evidence, it's unbelievable. I mean, it was robbed for that award. In fact, I think there were other candidates that were more worthy than the guy who got it outside of Yasir. Uh, and sticking with football, I tell you what, man, the portal is already loading up. No surprise. Some uh, some names hitting the portal with some local connection. Louisville, of course, you think they're going to – I mean, that to me, that's the scenario where Satterfield can, can take another small step forward next year is to go hit the portal hard. Don't lose more than you're going to gain and just hope like hell that you uh, you you sign those guys that uh, that are committed right now. So we'll talk some football today. Also coming up at about 8.05, we're going to bring in our friend, Dr. Eric McElroy, Pro Rehab Physical Therapy. Always a pleasure to chat with him. And uh, we'll have some fun today. I'm trying not to be so, you know, overbearingly negative, but isn't that part of the, the criteria, Matt, to just say what you think and say what you feel? All right, quickly, though, before we take a timeout. Oh, last thing, I should have mentioned this. This this is this is juicy. I mean, I... I don't want to mislead you, but Josh Hurd yesterday was uh, on hand as the U of, as the University of Louisville officially made the announcement on the new president, and uh, he was asked uh, by some of the media folks there, and if there is any media availability. In fact, my man Will Clark of News Radio eight forty WHAS, he creates media availability. He does. He he creates like I'm here with the microphone. I'm gonna get a quote. I'm gonna get something from you. You can't dodge me. I'm six eight three bills. Come on. Give me something. Give me some sound. That's how my man operates. That's why they call him Squatch. Anyways, uh, he J- Josh Hurd talked about both Kenny Payne and Scott Satterfield. So we'll play that for you guys coming up exactly on the other side when we come back. I don't know why I said exactly. I meant as soon as we come back. I had a lot of caffeine this morning. I'm feeling wired, to say the least. All right, Matt, have you ever heard of Delilah, the radio host? Yeah. Do you Do you, do you listen to that a lot, I assume? No, I mean, I've heard it, but I I don't know when she's on. 
All right. So look, this is not a. This is probably not something I should do, given the fact that I do work in radio. Although I don't work on the FM side, we are part of a family here of stations, mm-hmm. including the FM format. But last night, you know, I'm listening to Christmas music. Come on, get out of here. It's, it's de- December first today. I'm getting. I'm in the spirit. I love Christmas music, and uh, on one of the local stations here in town, they play Christmas music, and then. What do you call it? Like the voice tracking and the you know the DJ essentially during this night shift is is Delilah, and what would how would you describe her like her content like a lovey easy going romantic yeah, yeah romance it's uh, romance cozy you know kinda. it's romance yeah so I was listening to her read these long form messages that she got, and I was listening to. People that called to say, like, for example, let me give you, let me, let me tell you what happened last night when this person called in is that, <laughs> well, my friend and I, we were previously romantic and uh, Christmas is coming up and we've been hanging out as friends, but I don't know how to tell them. I don't just want to be friends. I want to be romantic again. And it's, what do I do? But I, I don't want to lose him as a friend. He may think that I'm too pushy. All right. Now you play Delilah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll play Delilah too. Thank you, because I have no idea what she would say. Well, come on. I mean, you got to tell him. He thinks you guys are just friends going Christmas shopping, and yet you just want to wrap your arms around him and squeeze him to pieces. That's exactly what she said, by the way. And it's the most corny, like, funny content. But hey, if you yeah. if you like it, knock yourself out. But my question is, is this day and age, in 2022... Are you with, asking if we can get people to call in so you can no. tell them tell, ask out their friends? No. No, okay. I, I didn't know if that's what you wanted to take. I mean, we can. Show. If you, I mean, we'll do whatever. But yeah. may, that may be sneaky good content. But my mm-hmm. point, like, this day and age, in 2022, with one month left before we get to 2023, are people out there reaching out to a nationally syndicated FM radio DJ for advice like that? You think it's fake calls? Absolutely. That's my point. I think okay. it's fake calls. I think the things that she reads mm-hmm. are not real either. It's like somebody, it's a producer. Yeah. And look, that's how a lot of, you know, not to say that's how a lot of radio works necessarily, it's but like that, I, I write all your takes. Exactly. I mean, we, we actually- Nick doesn't believe anything he we, says. We actually don't have a text line. It's all Matt just creating content right. for us. Yeah. It's just- it's I'm just sitting here making stuff up. Now with that said, you all know that's, that, like, that's a huge part of Jim Rome show. Like, I don't know if people know that or not. Like Part of what? Like a lot of the the comments and stuff, the timely things, the texts he gets, or you think are fake? Yeah, the the, the email. The, well, it used to be emails. I'm sure it's text now. But either way, yeah. like, I mean, hell, the, one of his producers who left the show, um, mm. who was a big part of it, uh, what was his name? Jay Stu. Do you remember that name at all? Yeah. He now works as an as a, he's an overnight producer for FSR. Like, you know, not a terrible gig, but man, he's fallen. But when he had a falling out with Rome. He, I don't know if he went on the record and said it, but I live in this weird nerdy world of sports talk radio. Like I'm a, I'm a junkie for it because it's you know what I do. But you know he made a point to where like he would send Rome what to say from a mi- listener, and then and then Jay Stu would have the sound ready to play. Like you know because they've got no show has more drops than Rome, right? Right, right. So anyways, like it's not crazy, but it, it just what I want to do, man, is I want to figure out how we can call. I'll call. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, I'll, I'll think of some. You help me think. We'll put our creative minds together, think of something to call Delilah and tell her and see if she plays it on the air. And if she doesn't, we got to think of a really good story because she, if, if, it's, if she's real and not a phony, then she's going to say, oh, we got to play this. We've got yeah. quite the predicament here. 
So we'll think of something. Put your, you know, get your creative juices rolling. We'll get yeah. something. And if it's so good and she doesn't play it, then she's a fake. We're going to call her out. We're going to expose her. Tell her that your wife won't let you go out to the bar on Monday night. I could do that. Or, yeah, we could, we could, we could, we could romance that down, that scenario, right? I was going to say do something with like, you know, Marie Osmond, but that would, she would know that was fake, right? Mm -hmm, Probably. Let's give it a shot. I mean, I'm, I'm game. I'm, I'm ready to expose Delilah. (laughs) There's one damn thing we're going to do this year. We're not going to win many games as a basketball program, but we'll bring in down Delilah. Red Zone with Nick Coffey on 790 KRD, fueled by Fortins. 7.35 here on a Thursday morning. You are in the Red Zone, and we are fueled by Thorntons. All right, so uh, we've got this sound from from uh, Josh Hurd on Kenny Payne and Scott Satterfield that our man Will Clark was able to get. But Okay, here we go. Now I finally was able to, uh, now I was finally able to, uh, Save the file, but uh, it's a wave file for those who don't know what that is. It's sometimes those can be tricky, but um, I'm actually hearing this for the first time right now. So just being transparent, I can't tease it, can't tell you what it says or anything like that. But Will Clark was on hand yesterday as UofL made it official with their new president. We'll get to that later. I don't have any strong thoughts on it, but um, here's here's the sound that I was presented that I'm now sharing with you and we're both hearing it for the first time. To comment, obviously, a rough start for the men's team. There's a lot of, of criticism out there. Just some words for the for the fan base as, as the beginning of the Kenny Payne era goes. For me, it's just uh, allowing him to develop this program. I, I didn't think it was going to be easy when when he was hired, and, and it's not. And he's, you know, if you look at where this program was and essentially being on probation for the equivalent of the last seven years, um, I knew this was going to take some time, and it's going to take some time, and I'm going to do everything I can to support him, support the program, support our student-athletes, uh, and I, I absolutely 100%, 1,000% think he's the right person for the job, and I'm not going to waver from that. And uh, on the football side, is there any uh, any update or, or news on, on potentially an extension or a new deal for uh, Scott Satterfield? No, Scott, is he's so focused on what he has to do with recruiting and the transfer portal as far as kids coming in, kids going out. And so we obviously sat down and we've had some discussions about the future of the program, but that was the focus of that conversation is just the future of the program and what he thinks he needs to, to move this program forward uh, to the next step and, and how we, we, we just continue to build it and get better. And, you know, uh, he, him and I are on the same page that, you know, seven wins was, was an okay season and we both want it to be better and so that's what we're going to look to do thank you thanks man all right so i don't really have any i mean i'm not surprised by anything that was said there josh josh is sharp when it comes to those kind of things and he gave a very expected answer uh again from the basketball side i really don't i mean he's right i will say that the program has essentially been under probation for a while, and he still thinks Kenny Payne's for the job. Those are those are things that I can't, you know, I can't disagree with the probation thing, and I'm not surprised he's going to say after seven games that he still thinks Kenny Payne is the guy for the job. But building this program, I mean, I'm, I'm with, I do believe that 
clearly he's going to have to – I mean, here, here's my fear, and I'm, I'm dancing around it, but here's my fear. Next year, your roster could be a lot worse than the one you have right now. Now, if these guys that you bring in that are from the portal or lower level or other recruits that maybe aren't four or five stars or elite guys, but they're, you know, maybe they fit what Kenny's looking for. And they come in and, and they're fresh to this program, meaning they don't have previous coaching staffs that have worked with them. They don't have bad habits to break that kind of stuff. Like that's a scenario where maybe you still wouldn't be any good, but you might, you know, play harder. I don't know. But you're going to lose a lot of the guys from this year's team. You are. You're going to lose them because they're done with their eligibility. You're going to lose them because they're going to transfer. And you have two recruits coming in right now from the 2023 class. So you've got to hit the portal. But I'm sorry. If Louisville has an unbelievably bad year, meaning like they only win a few games, a handful of games, that's going to make it really hard for Kenny Payne to go to the portal and get good players. Good players that are picking from other elite programs. And Louisville's certainly not that right now, but clearly, you know, you get a chance to play in an NBA arena, and hopefully there'll be more than a few hundred fans there. But that's my worry is that it gets a lot worse because another component that's not talked about enough is, I mean, if you're a four-year guy that's going to hit the portal and not go pro, it's probably because you don't have a very promising pro career, right? And you're going to take advantage of playing in college as long as you can. And now you can make money in college. And if you're a really good player that could end up on a big-time program and get an NIL deal, that's that's awesome, right? Well, how is he going to go get guys from the portal that know that NIL is the play for them? That's why they're still in college. They'd go overseas and make money. They can actually play in college and maybe make more money. Yet Louisville's coach, we have recruits that are currently committed that said when, when, when NIL came up, the staff told them, well, don't worry about that. That'll work itself out down the road. You just got to come in here and work hard. That's not how you're going to do it. This, I mean, so, I mean I, I'm not surprised by any of that. We'll let you guys hear, um, we'll, we'll let you guys hear Alex Cupper's comments on the, uh, on the Satterfield stuff there. We got to run because I want to make sure we have some time to talk to Cup. And we'll get his thoughts on this just absolute robbery for our man Yasir Abdullah, who should be the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, but he got snubbed. You hate to see it. All right, stick with us. You are in the red zone. We're fueled by Thornton's Alex Cupper coming up next right here on 790 KRD. You're in the red zone with Nick Coffee on 790 KRD. Fueled by Thorntons. You know, I totally just ignored some huge news uh, that came out yesterday that uh, after a recent uh, decision by the Rose Bowl, that uh, it is now official that the, uh, the college football playoff expansion is happening. I believe it is in 2024. They are going to, in fact, have an expanded college football playoff i've always loved it at four just because of what it gives you in the regular season um but expanding it to 12 i think will in fact make the season potentially more meaningful longer for a lot of other programs and you can more so realistically dream of being there in the playoff if you're a program like louisville at 12 than four still got a long way to go to get there now but it's at least not crazy and at four it's kind of crazy for not just louisville for a lot of a lot of uh 
a lot of programs out there. All right. Uh, the crazy guy we're bringing in right now is Mr. Alex Cupper, former Louisville Cardinal. Cup, uh, let's start with this. Outside of, you know, the recruiting that's on the way and whatnot, just this particular 2022 season, how do you assess what the team did, how you feel about it, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think for the first time, Nick, you and we we talk every week, really, damn near for the past four years. And this back half of the season was the first time we could ever have a repetitive conversation about attitude, about identity. The team created an identity within itself when it came down to we're going to be hard-nosed, we're going to play great defense, stop the run and run the football, not turn the ball over. When they did turn the ball over and they couldn't run the ball offensively, that's when they really struggle when they're on the road. So those were really the missing elements the back half of the season. Um, but that consistent energy and and kind of how you can hang your hat on it is is the first time in the Scott Satterfield era that's happened. And that's you know you have to you have to feel some promise there because um, it it doesn't happen overnight. That's an attitude shift. I think the uh, the new um, strength coach, strength and conditioning team. Um, that attitude he brings from what I what I hear internally is is a, a mixed shift from what was there previously, uh, what, who Scott brought in first. So, um, you know, that that's something that hopefully they can hang their hat on and build upon moving into 2023. Yeah, because of the early struggles this season, it's hard to say they had a huge breakthrough, but I'm willing to say, and I think we're on the same page here, the way they handle that back half of the schedule, and it's not just about who they beat and how many points they beat them by. It's how they looked. I think they certainly turned a corner, and I'm with you. We were talking about this team in a way that we really really hadn't before, and uh, it is encouraging. I think now the hope is that you can go out there and finish the recruiting cycle, of course, and uh, and, and hope that you get those guys signed. And then I think uh, – actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to – add a question in between where I was actually going to go because I do want to talk about the quarterback position as a whole moving forward but you've been in the locker room you've seen these guys coming in as freshmen how realistic is it to 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 expect freshmen to actually help you produce wins in, in year one I guess it's probably based off like which position I'm sure some guys at certain positions have a harder time but like how 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 frequent is that to where you've got guys that are true freshmen that are, in fact, a part of your one-two rotation and they're making an impact? Well, they def- definitely cannot be the only thing you have. There has to be other pieces, other hungry elements that, you know, you're itching to get on the field and, and either you have got on the field and got some success and you gotta you got to put in another offseason where you got to get bigger, faster, stronger. Um, but, no, there's – there's I, I can say on the top of my head several guys – that have showed up day one ready to play. Um, not all of them will be that way. Which freshman, which freshman when you played was like, all right, this guy's ready to go? Um, I think Greg Scruggs was a perfect example of really raw. Shout out to Greg Scruggs. Shout out Greg Scruggs. And he played. It, it reflected in how long he played in the league. Um, but just his raw talent um, that the coaching staff knew, you know, he was only going to get better. And putting putting a player like that on the field was only going to accelerate that growth and accelerate um, his talent ceiling, and, and, and it really did, obviously. So um, I think, you know, conversely, Dexter was a guy that probably needed a year to develop, and he got it. You know, he he, he played some special teams. He didn't. He was not tasked with with starting games at linebacker. But no, there's there's been guys 
Um, I mean, when you look at the quarterback position, obviously, Teddy wasn't going to – he wasn't going to win us games, but he was going to make enough plays to keep us in them. And we, you needed just other elements to bind together, you know, get a big kickoff return to spring us in the UConn game or, or you know, uh, a huge special teams play in West Virginia game, be able to run the football in both those games. Um, so if you you have a, a young nucleus, that's okay. You just need, you need those other glue elements, um, that toughness, that grittiness that you saw begin to develop and take root this back half of the season. You can't let that just go out the window and, and assume you you know you're going to do do things differently and get better results. That's just not going to happen. Am am I wrong to assume that the two positions that may in fact be sort of ready to go right away more so than others are running back and wide receiver? And you've got DeAndre Moore at receiver and Ruben Owens, the number one running back in the country. I mean, not to say those guys won't be cutting some teeth and having some growing pains, but I mean, I seem like that's maybe one where you don't have to learn as much right on the fly. You're going to have to adapt to the a next level of competition, of course. Yeah, I mean, when you look at just the, the position groups that, that are hardest to crack immediately, um, and I, I mentioned Greg for a reason because the defensive line is definitely one of those. Um, but offensive line as well. But, yeah, when you're on the outside, you have a little more freedom of movement. You know, these kids have played seven-on-seven seven ball for, for years and years. They play in the summer. They, it's like it's like AAU basketball really now. Um, so that freedom of movement and working on your craft, your footwork, your hand placement, all those different elements um, that the Moore kid could bring in. Um, yeah, he, and, and yeah, is he going to be perfect? Is, his, or, you know, is he going to run perfect routes and hit his landmarks every single time? Probably not. Um, but is he going to be able to at least spark you a couple times and get you some big third down conversions to keep drives moving, to keep the ball in your, you know, to play that type of football that you saw in the back half of the year to help you win games? I, I think that that's realistic. That's not an unrealistic expectation. Alex Cuppers, our guest, joining us here on 790 KRD, talking some Louisville football. All right, quarterback situation. So, you know, I don't this is I don't ask this question to 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 pile on or take shots at Malik but I think this year at times Louisville's quarterback play and some of it was injury related it's just it was Louisville was not winning because of plays being made by the quarterback and I think you would agree with that for the most part so how much different could this team be if in fact you go out there in the portal and get a guy that can just help you be more vertical I mean I think as the season progressed your defense had taken so many big strides and the offense wasn't bad but I think it really it sort of started to develop that you just didn't have much of a passing game no yeah it was it was a clear weakness it was a clear you know it was something that when you when we would talk you know those weeks about confidence building it's something on the other side of the ball when you're playing defense and you can just you have a feeling that the quarterback can't see the entire field you're playing deep half safety and you see guys running in front of you and it's like oh god he should throw it to him but he can't even see him um that that just builds confidence that oh this guy can't get it done um we, we can you know he goes to the sideline and said hey blitz the heck out of this guy he doesn't see he doesn't see the back third of the field um past the line you know line of scrimmage and second level so um yeah it was definitely a limiting factor you know, a ton of regression, really. But um, yeah. at the end of the day, there was a lot of energies too that uh, injuries, uh, rather that that probably hindered some of that growth, uh, which is unfortunate. But you know, at the end of the day, you, you still got another game to um, to put your hang your hat on and 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 show you know leave your staple that you were able to win you know eight games uh, this year and 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 move when go off on a high note. I know you can't speak for anybody but yourself, but quickly. 
When you're a player, what is more uh, attractive to you when it comes to bowl games, the location or the opponent? The opponent, yeah, because uh, when you, when you show up and and the the lights come on or or um, you know the 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 time comes where you're going to play a game, it really doesn't matter where you are. You guys would have played person. number two Florida or number three Florida in Russia, right? You guys, I don't know about Russia. <laughs> I don't know about Russia, but we would play them a lot of places. Yes, Alex, you are the man. I certainly appreciate your time. Hopefully, you had a good Thanksgiving, and uh, we will talk soon, my friend. Nick, have a good one. All right, that's Alex Cupper, former Louisville Cardinal. Always appreciate his time. We got two more hours to go. How about this back-to-back guest? Because of some scheduling stuff, we're going to bring in our man, Dr. Eric McElroy, a little earlier than usual. He'll join us coming up here at 8.05. And if you missed it, we do have sound from Josh Hurd yesterday talking about Kenny Payne and Scott Satterfield. We'll play that for you. We'll mix it up. We'll have some fun. You are in the red zone. We're fueled by Thorns right here on 790 KRD. You're in the red zone with Nick Coffey on 790 KRD. Fueled by Thorntips. That's right. You are in the red zone here on 790 KRD on a frosty, cold Thursday morning. Hopefully you guys are staying warm out there on the 1st of December. And we now bring in our man, Dr. Eric McElroy of Pro Rehab Physical Therapy. How are we doing this morning, Dr. McElroy? I'm doing great this morning. Good to hear. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Yes, sir. Yeah, it was good. Lots of food. Yeah. As usual, you know, don't weigh yourself for a few days. Get back at it. Uh, It was fun. Yes, it was. I eat way too much food myself, and uh, that leads me to one of our first listener questions, which is, and maybe this is not necessarily your level of expertise, but I know you guys are focused on keeping people healthy uh, in a variety of ways, but uh, it's harder to be active this time of year i think i can say that i've maybe slacked off a little bit as of late um but you know what are some key things maybe that uh that that you know of as somebody who again focuses on keeping folks healthy that they can be mindful of this time of year to where they don't show up on january 1st at the gym having gained 25 pounds yeah i think it's schedule it you know you have to schedule it just like anything you know we schedule everything in life uh, nowadays uh, and it's crazy and hectic kid stuff holiday season shopping whatever it may be uh into year work stuff but you have to schedule it and you got to keep it there and it's got to be non-negotiable so even if it's you know 30 minutes um you got to make sure that it's on the schedule that's your time you got to take care of your, what no matter what that is that could be you know getting up in the morning to go for a walk i know it's cold bundle up um, you know, or if you're at a gym, go walk on a treadmill or at lunch, um, you know, make sure that you're, you know, you can splurge, but you know, on the food side of things, your day to day eating should not really change that much. Uh, you know, obviously people may be bringing in cookies and stuff, but, you know, try to have some discipline on, on how you approach those things. Um, but you know, staying active doesn't always have to be going at it like crazy. It's just keeping a routine. And the best way to do that is really to keep a schedule. Um, if you do have to change, you know, reschedule it uh, like you would a meeting. You know, reschedule it to a look at your calendar, look at the time you can get it in, and try to do something. It doesn't matter if it's just at your desk, you're doing squats, push-ups. Don't worry about if people are trying to joke on you about it. You know, they, they're the ones that probably need to be doing it too. So uh, that, that's the best way to do it. Speaking of that, you know, it, it, I don't see it often at my gym at all. In fact, I can't, I mean, I've been at the gym I'm at now for about four years and I got to say, I've never seen it, but 
in this day and age in social media, you see footage of it on TikTok, Instagram, and you just you hear stories from people sharing it on social media about those that do, in fact, shame people out of shape at the gym. I mean, obviously, that's something nobody should do, but I just don't under. I mean, if they're there, they're trying, right? Like, I just don't understand. I mean, somebody's got to, everybody's got to start somewhere. And I just hate the thought that maybe that is what discourages people from being active is they just feel like they've got so, they've got such a hole to climb out of and they're discouraged because maybe they're there in the gym, not looking the way other people do. I mean, I'm sure you've talked to folks in, in your line of work that have, that have, that's been a big hurdle for them to just be comfortable doing it and exercising. That is extremely common. Um, you know, there's a lot of it's, and you know, what happens in multiple ways. You have ex athletes, for instance, who at one point in their life were the epitome of quote unquote in shape. And, but now they, everything is related back to once what, what you once were versus owning where you are now, accepting where you are now and knowing that you're making, you know, you're working towards goals to improve yourself. And that, but, one of the biggest factors of people going to the gym is they're intimidated by the environment. Um, and so, you know, what I encourage those, you know, we deal with that with patients and what we encourage them to do is say, all right, let's pick an environment you can succeed. It doesn't have to be what works for me or works for a friend of yours. It needs to work for you. And so whether that's work out at home and then you invest in something to be able to do at home on video, there's so many avenues now to stay active. Um, like I said, bundle up, go outside, go for hikes, uh, no matter what the, you know, the weather is and obvious, you know, it's, you know, unless it's like snowing, pouring down rain, you know what I mean? But, you know, find what works for you and then stick to it. Um, and it doesn't have to be all, you know, every single day going crazy, working out like a monster. It can be simple things. Um, it can be getting up and doing things in your house for 20 minutes. You know, like I said, body weight exercises, calisthenics, walks. There's all kinds of things we can do to stay active that, that aren't what we think of, um, you know, or, or we traditionally would, would see. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned sort of the ways that, you know, it's like you want to challenge yourself, of course, because it is going to be a challenge, but also find that comfort zone. But, man, I've never talked to a person, and I'm, 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 I'm including myself – Nobody's ever regretted working out, right? I mean, maybe if you have an injury that happens, but like even when you don't want to do it and it feels like, man, it's going to be hard. I don't know. I'm not, I've got such a long way to go. I mean, from a physical standpoint and a mental standpoint, I've never had a run or a workout and thought, well, I wish I didn't do that. Yeah. And it's amazing how much exact, well, there's a lot of endorphins. Uh, sure. From it. I, I, I it's a drug to me. <laughs> exactly. And, and there, you know, I rarely have anybody, or even myself, if I got it in, no matter what it was, I feel better my whole day. Now, I may be more tired so true. in the morning, but you're, it really sets the tone for, yeah, that mental health aspect of things and, and a feeling of accomplishment. Um, and so I think that, you know, those are the things that we try to encourage. That's what I would encourage anybody who's listening is, but you got to find it, you know, you got to find something that fits what your lifestyle is. You can't force something in or it'll never work. Uh, and then once you schedule it, it's got to be, unless something really comes up, you can't, you, it's non-negotiable. Uh, it is what it is. It's your time. And, and I think that that's what really impacts people the most. That's why they fall off so much as spring comes. They find so many other things they're going to do that they, you know, and they're burned out because they tried to hit everything so hard at the first of the year um and then you're sore all the time they're hurting and that's not what it's about it's about doing it at a pace that it makes sense 
that you can do it, an accomplishment, and then you can adjust along the way depending on what successes or, or failures you have. Dr. Eric McElroy of Pro Rehab Physical Therapy is our guest joining us here on 790KRD. All right, so right now, college, unless you're playing in a championship game this weekend from the conference championships, you're you're probably getting some downtime. Coaches are now going to focus on recruiting a little bit. What would you know, someone who's been sort of on the inside, you know how these things work. What is I mean, are these guys being tasked with, hey, you know, we're not practicing full full go right now. We got a little bit of time. We're going to wait and see our ball match up. But, you know, you kind of need to get some rest, but also like don't sort of just com- well, maybe I'm wrong. Do you completely just zone out and let your body heal and rest after a 12 game season? What's typical for athletes right now on the football side that now have a longer break than than, than, than they do during the regular season? Well, there's. They're definitely working on healing up and recovering, especially going into the bowl game. Uh, for those who are going in the bowl game and trying to, you know, focus, you know, they're getting back into a little bit more strength conditioning than they may have been doing. I mean, they're always doing something, but a little bit more aggressive, um, utilizing those practice times, you know, especially the ones that made the bowls. Uh, and then obviously trying to heal up those that were injured. And, you know, it's different than, you know, back in the day, too. But, you know, of course, you've got guys who are not going to play in the bowls. Uh, and some of those are injured and maybe not, you know, they could have played, but why risk it? Uh, and, you know, and I think that there's, there's a lot more of that going on than there probably was in the past. Um, and so, but yes, absolutely. Giving them a break, giving them some rest, allowing them to enjoy some of the holiday festivities. You know, I think that gets lost. Uh, you know, they, you know, you sign up for it when you sign, you know, play say football, but you know, there's a lot of things that they're, you know, away from family, uh, and friends, and so giving them a little break and a little time to be able to to uh, see their family. Did we lose you? They got to stay you know, in a routine because as soon as they fall out of a routine, then you know you're going to have a lot of issues, especially if it, uh, moving into the bowl season. All right, so uh, I'm just curious, how much are you following the World Cup? Oh man, I love. I, you know me, Nick. I love all sports. Uh, we treat, uh, you know, I was a mentor of mine who's still one of the best PTs I've ever been around. His name's Brett Fisher in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, he he told me, you know, if you're going to treat athletes, you got to treat all athletes. You can't just treat one sport. And so I've held, that's, you know, what I, my career has been based on. And so I love all sports. And uh, so I'm all in on the World Cup. Yeah, I've been following it. Well, so I am... I've watched more than I ever anticipated, and I still am learning a lot about the sport of soccer from top to bottom. But just the concept of what the World Cup is as an event is absolutely awesome. And um, these guys, like, can you, uh, you know, when it comes to like who's in the best shape, I guess it's all perspective and sort of what shape you're trying to be in to play at a high level at whatever sport you're playing. But man, I'm watching these soccer players run around, and those guys look to be in the best shape of anything I'm watching on television when it comes to sports. <laughs> Yeah, well, shape is all relative. So, yeah. I mean, I think that that's a great point. Every sport has an emphasis that those athletes have to be ready for. Soccer, obviously, endurance. And what's interesting is about soccer and speed. I mean, these guys are extremely fast, quick, agile. It's amazing what they can do with their feet. I mean, just watch the goal. The whole sequence that led to the U.S. goal the other day was actually incredible to be able to pass the ball and place it exactly where it needed to be and him head it across for Pulisic to come and score, which was all, you know, set, it was all set up. I mean, the whole thing is, to me, incredible. And, um, you know, so, but, you know, every sport has, you know, and for, for instance, you don't want your football players 
focusing on endurance. I mean, they are power, speed, sport, period. Quick rest, work, work really hard for a short period of time. Soccer, you got to have endurance, obviously, and speed. It's, it is challenging because you got to have a little complement of both. Different positions may need more speed, like your, you know, your uh, attack player, your player that's going to be up front. You know, they're not running the, the length of the field every play, you know, every time. You know, their midfielders are. So every aspect, you know, the defenders aren't necessarily. So, you know, every, every position, even within a sport, a lot of times needs, and that's what the strength conditioning staff is really working on, and we'll even, you know, break it down per position uh, and what their needs would be. Yeah, what's the, is there? I mean, you see a lot of these guys. There's clearly some flopping, some exaggeration on the, on the pitch, and you see that in every sport when it comes to just trying to, <coughs> excuse me, persuade the officials. But what would be the most common soccer injury? I mean, is there one specific one? Is it? I mean, it, yeah, a lot of lower extremity ankle injuries, obviously sprains. Uh, of course, just like any sport that requires a lot of running, like that strains. Uh, but you know. They deal with a lot of foot and ankle issues. Um, you know, soccer players, you know, any athlete, they're they're very picky about you know their shoes. Um, low profile. They they want to be able to move and feel the ball really well, which would so you know not a lot of support there. Um, and so definitely a lot of ankle injuries. If you look at football over the years, you notice you know everybody knows the pads have gotten so much smaller and some and like the NFL don't even wear them half the time except for shoulder pads, but. You know, soccer's the same way. Those shin guards used to cover from knee to their ankle, and now it's just barely a little square. And, you know, so they get a lot of contusions, um, trauma there. You know, the flopping is part of the strategy, unfortunately, sometimes. And, you know, it frustrates me, uh, especially as an ex-football player. You got laughed out of the film room if sure. you something like that. Um, but, you know, hope, uh, you know, hopefully I know that they're trying to do some things. Uh, you know, I work with some uh, high-level soccer players, both on the men and women's side, and, I know they're trying to do some things similar to what basketball has done to in, to, to minimize that, um, just because it you know impacts the play so much. But uh, but yeah, they that, that's primarily what we see a lot with uh, soccer players. But they can get you know soccer. I think actually there's more soccer players around the world than any sport. But they have more concussions uh, than you know. There's more soccer players with concussions than football. Now, granted, that's a skewed number. It's not a percentage necessarily. But tons of concussions in soccer because of the whipping of the head, uh, not the impact of the ball, but the whipping of the head um, really creates a stretch to the neural tissue and can cause a lot of concussions. So that's a big issue in soccer that they've been having to deal with as well, similar to football. Eric, you are the man. Always appreciate your time. Glad to talk to you, and we will do it again soon, my friend. Awesome, man. Have a good one. Take care. That is Dr. Eric McElroy, Pro Rehab Physical Therapy. Good stuff there, as always. All right, so just a reminder, we are fueled by Thornton's, and if you go to Thornton's this morning and you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, uh-oh, uh-oh, because that's a mistake. If you download the the Refreshing Rewards app and sign up and then go to Thornton's, you're going to get a free breakfast sandwich. You're going to get a free drink, whatever you want, coffee. You want uh, you want a soda. They've got that famous nugget ice that is uh, very popular with a fountain drink, so take advantage. Take advantage. All right, 502-653-0790. That is the LNN Federal Credit Union text line. Members get more at LNN Federal Credit Union. We will get back to that text line coming up here in just a moment. Um, but a lot of reaction to the sound we played earlier. For those that uh, that were not with us, those 7 o'clockers were. But if you're an 8 o'clock crowd, 
if you're in the eight o'clock crowd, I should say, uh, this was Josh heard yesterday just being asked about sort of the situation with the basketball program getting off to such a rough start. And of course, Scott Satterfield who just, just finished year four and uh, is sort of, you know, mediocre still. And, and just let, we'll let you guys hear it for those that, uh, that might have missed it. The comment, obviously, a rough start for the men's team. There's a lot of, of criticism out there. Just some words for the for the fan base as, as the beginning of the Kenny Payne era goes. For me, it's just uh, allowing him to develop this program. I, I didn't think it was going to be easy when when he was hired, and, and it's not. And he's, you know, if you look at where this program was and essentially being on probation for the equivalent of the last seven years, um, I knew this was going to take some time, and it's going to take some time, and I'm going to do everything I can to support him, support the program, support our student-athletes, uh, and I, I absolutely, 100%, 1,000%, think he's the right person for the job, and I'm not going to waver from that. And uh, on the football side, is there any uh, any update or, or news on, on potentially an extension or a new deal for uh, Scott Satterfield? No, Scott, is he's so focused on what he has to do with recruiting and the transfer portal as far as kids coming in, kids going out. And so we obviously sat down and we've had some discussions about the future of the program, but that was the focus of that conversation is just the future of the program and what he thinks he needs to, to move this program forward uh, to the next step and, and how we, we, we just continue to build it and get better. And, you know, uh, he, him and I are on the same page that, you know, seven wins was, was an okay season and we both want it to be better and so that's what we're going to look to do thank yep. you thanks man so as i said earlier there's really not anything in there that that surprises me overall as far as what he had to say i think he answered that as you would expect um but what i don't know is when it comes to football it's not surprised they haven't they're, that they're not sitting down having conversations i can tell you this unless it changed towards the end the conversations about Scott and a contract under Vince Tyre did not take place between the two of them. It took place between Scott's agent and Vince. So not to say that maybe they didn't have a conversation themselves about it, but you know the agent was very much involved. I don't know if that's the case now with Josh Hurd. So because they're not talking about it, meaning Hurd and, and Satterfield doesn't mean that maybe there's not a conversation going on. So look, there's a chance that they call his bluff and – Maybe that is an unfair way to describe it, but I just cannot imagine a scenario where Scott's agent is not trying to get him an extension because, again, you and I, if we got two years left on a contract at work, we're not demanding an extension. I mean, unless there's like some some crazy situation going on. But in college football, Jimmy Sexton, this is what he does. He gets con- He gets coaches extensions. And Scott has not been bad enough to just fire, in my opinion. But is he worthy of a contract extension at this point? I don't really think so. So if Scott, if Scott just goes into these final two years of his deal, especially just you know this this upcoming year, that'd be great for Louisville. I have a feeling you're probably going to be mediocre once again, and that's not fun. But if you go if if he's on this current deal, I bet his buyout's a lot smaller going into his final year. And if you fire somebody with one year left on a deal, you're saving money. Or maybe next year they do in fact have a huge breakthrough with these young recruits on campus. And he's worthy of a big long-term extension, and it makes total sense. So, I, I, look, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just – I've done a lot of looking into this because of the situation that I knew we were about to be in here where you're 
stuck in the middle with Satterfield where you're not bad enough to where it's clear you move on and you're certainly not good enough to where it's like, yeah, absolutely, give this guy a brand new deal and let's keep this thing rolling. So it, it, it not only just rare in college football this day and age, I'm here to tell you that it is rare, it is very rare with coaches that are represented by Jimmy Sexton. So we'll see. I mean, getting this recruiting class signed will, in fact, make a dis- – like if these kids flip, which we're going to talk about on the other side, there's already speculation that all these kids from the West Coast may end up going elsewhere. So uh, only time will tell, but we can get into that. But you know, if you get to signing day and you get this class signed and sealed that are that are all here, I mean, and they're all coming, meaning like then that that would make it harder to wear if I mean, again, if they're signed and then you move on to a different coach, that'd be pretty shady to do to these kids. So, look, Scott's not going anywhere. I guess the question is, do you give him a new contract? He's not really in a position to, like, he's not going to quit. And to be fair, he what job is he getting? Like, if you just say, no, we're going to ride out these last two years. We're, we're content, but we're, gonna, we're not going to do anything drastic just yet. We still want to see some results. We still want to see this thing climbing. I mean, if you do that, what is he going to do? Is Jimmy Sexton going to force fear into Josh Hurd and tell him that, oh, you better because there's other coaches, there's other schools that want it? That's not the case. No schools that are going to you know, be better than Louisville and pay more money than Louisville's paying him. So you actually have the upper hand here. I'm, I'm curious to see how they play it. All right, quick timeout. You are in the red zone. We are fueled by Thornton's. Coming up on the other side, we'll shift back to basketball a little bit because I, I, I'm – of all the things that I'm hearing from everybody, including the coaches that just make me even less optimistic that this thing's going to get turned around. I'm just, the culture thing is, is something that I, you know, and culture is, you know, it's subject, like maybe cult, when he says culture, it means something different to you than it does to me, but blaming this poor product that we're seeing in basketball on a, on a fractured culture, I can just tell you that it's not true. And if the culture right now is so bad, it, it, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't as bad last year, given the circumstances. So again, a lot more to come. We'll also talk about the college football playoff expansion that's going to happen coming up here in the next couple of years. And I've yet to really address Yasir Abdullah getting robbed. We'll give you some numbers that back that up. So stick with us. A lot more to get into here on a Thursday morning. You are in the red zone. We're fueled by Thornton's right here on 790 KRD. You're in the red zone with Nick Coffey on 790 KRD, fueled by Thorntons. That's right. You are in the red zone. The red zone rolls along here on the 1st of December. I had to cut some uh, some Christmas liners during the break there. Got me in the Christmas spirit, Matt. You wanna... Hey, everybody. It's Nick Coffey on uh, wanna... Happy holidays. Hope you have a great one with you and your family. You want to hear a taste? Yeah, hear it. Hey, it's Nick Offie here from the Red Zone. A season's greetings from all of us here at 790 KRD. Does anybody say season's greetings? You do. I, w- I do. Yes, and I, I want you guys, if you see me and you, and you decide you would like to extend uh, some, you know, some, uh, some cheer for the holidays, don't give me a Merry Christmas. Don't give me yeah. a Happy Holiday, damn it. Give me a season's greetings. <laughs> that was the only... I, I cut three every year, and... Mm. It seemed as if 
for in previous years, the only ones they played of mine were when I sent it like a big douche. Caesar's greetings, everybody. This one's better. Hey, this is Nick Coffey from the Red Zone. Wishing you a very Merry Christmas from all of us here at 790 KRD. There you go. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, Matt. Season's greetings, Nick. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, so Yasir Abdullah, hell of a season. I think he is absolutely going to be a guy you see playing in the NFL. Really took a big step forward this year, and I think a lot of that had to do with Coach Souders, who came in on the strength, you know, not, just, not to discredit anything that uh, – that you see or did specifically, but, um, you know, he was just some of the, pl- I mean, he went, he would cover a receiver and p- get an interception like he did against Pitt. I mean, he could get after the quarterback. I mean, he, he was one of the best defensive players in the country this year. And yet he didn't win defensive player of the year in the ACC. And it's, it's a crime. Uh, I'm not even sure how to pronounce this young man's name. Um, Calica maybe, or Kalaja, Kalaja, Kalaja can't see, uh, a defensive lineman for Pittsburgh ended up being your winner this year. And I don't I mean the guy's clearly a good player, but like you can't claim that he did it. He got it because, well, he, he was the best defensive player on the best team in the ACC in, in, in the, uh, in, in the ACC because he wasn't, he was, I mean, they were one game better than Louisville. They went eight and four this year. So, I mean, I, and in fact, they only lost one more game after Louisville knocked them off. So maybe that Pittsburgh win ended up being a little better than uh, they anticipated. But nonetheless, um, here are the numbers for these two guys. Kalaja Kansi and Yasir Abdullah. Player one, 31 solo tackles. Player two, 18 solo tackles. Player one, total tackles, 57. Player two, total tackles, 31. Player one, Eight sacks. Player two, seven sacks. Player one, forced fumbles. Four. Four forced fumbles. It's tough to say. Player two, zero forced fumbles. Player one, two interceptions. Player two, zero interceptions. Passes defended. Player one, four. Passes defended. Player two, Zero. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. And look, I know like stats at times can be a little misleading, but no, not. I mean, I mean, you could argue that there were other guys outside of of what I think happened here is this guy was he's clearly been just believed to be a really really good player, and he look he and I think he projects to the NFL very well. So, you know, with that. Maybe that was what led to the uh, the voters being influenced. But like Yasir Abdullah, I mean, he quietly had a phenomenal year. And it's not as if it came at the end. Like he was having a good year all year. And by midseason, right as soon as Louisville got to turning it around, I think we were all very much in awe of just how, how great of a year he was having. So it's not like it was like, oh, he got too hot late. No, I mean, he should have been the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. And I doubt this gets a ton of attention nationally. Because it, it's just not a needle mover, I think, on the national level. But still, um, it's crazy. And you know what really, you know, it, it, it's not a surprise to see his uh, his teammates, you know, defending him and saying that, like, this is, you know, this is crazy because that's what you would expect a good teammate to do. But, like, 
I want to say like Yasir is such a is such a a, a a beloved teammate. I don't know him on a personal level. We don't hang out, but he is by all accounts a really really mature, great, just a great ambassador for your program. A guy you want in your locker room. And again, it's not a surprise to see teammates defending him, but the level in which it's happening is really really notable just because they they wanted this for this guy so bad. So again, he got robbed, but hell of a year and I think he's going to have a uh, I hope he decides to play in the bowl game, but he's going to have a uh he's going to have a bright future in my opinion in the NFL. I'm not sure if he's a guy that, you know, makes his mark on special teams. I don't know if he turns into an all-pro caliber guy, but he has the physical talent to uh, play in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. All right, so when it comes to the current situation with the uh with the basketball program, I mean, what do I? What do we say that's not already been said? Like, I, I we don't need to just rehash the the obvious. But you know, one of the things that that you hear defenders of Kenny Payne, I want to be. I'm not. I'm not against anybody that's defending Kenny Payne as far as like, you know, not wanting him to be fired right now. But like, if you are willing to look at what we're seeing and not factor in coaching as a factor in this mess, then like, I don't know what to tell you. And the more I watch this team on the floor, take away the score. I'm obviously that, that matters, but these guys just don't look like they're being coached and keep keep, people keep bringing up. Well, yeah, he's got to build the culture. It's going to take time. Culture, 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 it's tough for me to say a bunch of times. So I'm not telling you that the culture was in great shape, but the notion that you're getting these results because KP inherited this band of misfits that are just so broken, I can tell you with certainty that's not true. It's not. Like last year was a mess all around, but by all accounts, despite the mess that was Chris Mack leaving midseason, the stupid suspension that Neely Bendapudi wanted him to have, and the losses, these guys internally, for the most part, were pretty coachable. They, you know, there were a couple of knuckleheads that at times were difficult, but it wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't anything that any program wouldn't be dealing with given the circumstances. No guys got that. You don't have guys out there breaking the law. In fact, you had some pretty good culture guys that I think will work hard for a good coach that will buy in. And you know what? KP didn't re-recruit those, some of those guys that left. And again, I said this earlier, I, I clearly am not in, involved in, in, I wasn't involved in the program last year, but you know, I, I, I had a relationship with that staff. I had a pretty good idea of what was going on at a pretty, you know, top to bottom, to be honest with you. So when it comes to the knuckleheads that were here, I mean, there was one and I have no problem saying who it was because we knew it was Malik Williams. I mean, he was clearly a mess last year and did not handle things the way you want a fifth year senior to do it. But, uh, you know, and he at times sort of maybe his his demeanor and his attitude, maybe it rubbed off on guys who looked at him as a leader. That was certainly possible. But I can tell you this, two guys that were, you know, very, very coachable, that were at times maybe they didn't work as hard because they just, you know, were going through the motions because of the situation. But Sam Williamson was a great kid, is a great kid. I say kid, he's a grown man now, 22 years old probably. But he was not a he, – he didn't – St. Williams didn't present a culture problem other than just maybe the lack of winning. Trey Davis, great locker room guy. No issue at all. I, I, I cannot imagine there's not a coach in the country that wouldn't love to coach a guy like Trey Davis. Coach his son, work his ass off, does not care what his role is. 
will work for you for whatever. And those two guys I'm talking about specifically, they weren't they weren't re-recruited. They weren't. I'm not here to tell you that if they were, that Louisville would be and you know in, in in a different team, but clearly you could use those guys, right? And I don't want to I mean I I couple of other, I mean, at times Matt Cross was, I mean, he was kind of a mess. But again, I, I bring this up to say that this, it's just not true to say that he inherited again this this broken team. Now, they were broken as far as success. They didn't win a lot. But you guys watched this group. They weren't good, but they played hard. And I didn't see them and think, oh, my God, these guys are just so, they're so sad. I mean, at times when they got down 15, 20 and they were already, you know, eight, t- 10 games below 500, yeah, you might see them kind of lethargic and just looking defeated. But culture is something I'm tired of hearing about at this point because you want to build culture and create a. I mean, you, as Tony Vanetti said, and I can't believe I'm quoting Tony, but I am, like, go start a club. Like, you got to win here. You got to compete. What do we call the show? What do we call the show? The Red Zone, that's right. The Red Zone on 790 KRD. Thanks, Tony. He still doesn't know the name of the show. He doesn't. No, when I go on with him on HAS, yeah. hey, it's Nick Coffey uh, here from uh, from our morning show over there on 790. That show there. That Do we have that still? I think somewhere. Play that. I don't have it on me, but Play it. it's, it's deep in the woods. Uh, whenever I got hired here, our uh, the brass... Of, of iHeart, Louisville at the time. He's no longer in that position. Uh, he went on all, he did the he did the car wash, just went on all the shows and was talking about this new lineup that we'd unveiled here with myself and Howie Lindsay and the dogs. And um, he was never great at names, ever. In fact, if I saw him, he may not remember my name, to be honest with you. Um, here but, you go, I think I got it. it? Uh, let's see, I think this is right. We'll come back at 12 noon with uh, our show there. <laughs> it, the red zone is very hard to remember for a lot of people. He's, he, right. he could have just said my name, didn't know that, didn't know the name of it. In fact, he named the show. I don't know if you know that or not. Oh, but did he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we uh, we come back at 12 noon with, with our show there. <laughs> what? It, it was there. I mean, he, was he wrong? No, we, we had a show there. We had a show there. <laughs> we had a show at noon. It was there. And there it is. Oh, goodness. That's why I have got to say I got to be repetitive. Got to yeah. make sure. I mean, if people in, that work with me don't even know my name or the name of the show, I got to make sure you guys know. Right. By the way, you're going to continue to hear about culture for the rest of the year. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say this bluntly. No offense. Culture. With respect. With respect. <laughs> you're going to hear about culture for the rest of the year and here is why Louisville's gonna lose and losers talk about culture and I'm here to tell you that is what happens yeah yeah but I'm here to tell you winners don't because winners are too busy winning I'm not trying to be mean but how many how often I mean when when people are winning even if it's a bad culture and people hate each other in locker room nobody talks about it till they start to lose everybody's like well let's overlook it We, we can't talk about that right now do you because know what losers talk about culture because they aren't winning. They have to have something to talk about. Do you and, know what helps culture winning winning and they're yeah. not doing that. That's what I'm saying. I, you're, da- you're you're making the culture worse by by not putting a better product on the floor and having I mean, that's all you had to talk about when you can't win a game. Yeah, it's it's the bottom of the barrel, yeah, right? You have to have something to talk about and we got to turn this culture around. 
Well, when? And you will. What do you think about the culture of the red zone? Good culture, bad culture? I mean, it's good, there. Good vibes, bad vibes? It's there. I mean, we, it's, it's, we've got our show there. Right. You're in the red zone with Nick Coffee on 790 KRD, fueled by Thornton's. Right, so Chris on Twitter makes a good point. I mean, you can say season's greetings year round, right? Because there's season, there's a season every at all times, all year, Matt. Season's greetings. Nobody's saying that in May. I will, because it's it's, no, it's the spring season. No, you won't. Is it not the spring season? No, you won't. Watch me. Okay. Mental note. We'll see. Like Kramer up here. Mental if note. If you say season's greetings to, to me or someone in the office and I see it in May, you're a liar. You're oh. a liar. Now I'm setting out to prove you wrong. Okay. Hey, as we wrap up the 8 o'clock hour with very little time to go, do you want some Bullet County drama? If it's from your Facebook Bullet County oh, it's, deal it's, or whatever it's, it's called. It's more serious than that. Okay. So, you know, I am a proud Bullet County native and occasionally there's some good stuff that comes from Bullet County that sort of explains why we have the reputation that we have sometimes you know we can't get out of our own way it's my it's my home my home area grew up there lived there raised my kids there and ran away from home there we did wouldn't wouldn't want to be anywhere else but uh you know sometimes we fit that stereotype mm-hmm. but uh last night there if you're ever you know the brooks exit matt on i-65 yeah mm-hmm. there's a hospital there it, yeah. and it's a L hospital and uh they had a prisoner there that okay. escaped all right uh, the deputy had the male in custody. The inmate then took off on foot and uh, from the vehicle, still in his handcuffs. Uh, and for about, I think, seven hours, that you know, you got a, you got an inmate running around Bullitt County with his. I don't know if he had scrubs on or if he had a jail suit, but he had handcuffs. And um, maybe the jails had a uh, some sort of convention or some sort of like inter county party because Casey County had some. People really? Go to jail last night. <laughs> really? Yeah, no joke. That's wild. No joke. Did they catch him? I don't know. The, I know the schools. Call were your on mom. The, we need to know. Get know her on the, the case. Uh, well, I know this. The schools were on a delay this morning because of the escape. That's, see, this is small town America, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So check this out. This guy ended up not getting far from the hospital, but he went down a road called West Hebron Lane, which is not at all far from the high school. There you go. Where I went to school, North Bullet High School. Probably looking for all your trophies. So, I mean, I doubt that, but um, they had the LMPD air en route to assist, like a helicopter, looking for this guy, right? Yeah. I don't know if they got those resources down there in Liberty, do they? I don't, I don't know. If we Make some calls if they need to, Matt. Yeah. So anyways, there was an open gate in the construction area. They were There's a lot of construction going on over there, but uh, they deployed a canine on the suspect um, at about 7.30 last night, and at about 8.30, they still had no sign of him, like he was gone. And um, there were still a bunch of people on foot. And um, at about, so, yeah, up, there was a bunch of people on foot out there and for about three hours or so. And uh, they still could not find him. And the LMPD air, I guess, just, you know, they, they, don't, they, they moved on. I don't know what else they had to do, but they stopped looking. And then at 1012 last night at the five-star gas station, um, right there, of course, he didn't get far. He's close to the hospital, but um, – they found him and it, and it and it it's it's hard to well they say he has a uh, his address is in Shepherdsville so he's he's a hometown guy I'm not surprised my wife sent me this and she she told me there's a good chance we probably know this guy 
or know who he is or whatnot. But they found him, and it seems as if like he just turned himself in, like he just went back close to the hospital because well, he cold. realized it's cold, and he had. I mean, he has handcuffs on. In fairness, it's cold. It is cold. So there you go. I love Bullet County and Casey County as well. Right. Let me. We, we need to figure out. I need an update. They catch this guy because if not, we'll go down there and find. Well, I him. think it was women. Oh, I think it was women that got out. I think it was multiple. I think. I think I read it was multiple women that were escaped from jail. We need to head down there. Of course, you want to know about it. It's prisons. Yeah, you, we need to head down there and help them out with the search. Okay. They need our I'll resources. Hour number three on the way. Stick with us. We're going to play that Josh Hurd sound for you guys again for those that missed it. You're in the red zone with Nick Coffee on 790 KRD, fueled by Thorntons. All right, let's do this. Hour number three here on a cold. I think it's still cold. It was cold this morning. It was frosty outside on December 1st here. But uh, hopefully you're staying warm. And thank you for sticking with us here. We've got another hour to go. We're fueled by Thorns. If you guys want to text in, go for it. 502-653-0790. That is the LNN Federal Credit Union text line. Members get more at LNN Federal Credit Union. You can learn more and open an account today at lnfcu.com. All right, so if you are just now joining us, uh, we have talked a lot about a lot of things, to be honest with you. We've been all over the place today. I uh, did talk some uh, some basketball, but we're, we'll, I mean, I'm not sure what else can be said from my end. The one thing that I have sort of harped on this 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 morning is just that I'm I'm not saying culture is not important, but the the notion that Louisville is this bad because of an inherited culture that was just unrepairable that's not true. And the more you lose, the worse the culture is. So, and it's not just, I mean, again, winning and losing does matter, despite your coach being wishy-washy on that. But just playing better, being more competitive. Now, it would be hard. Like last year, you guys remember, like Louisville stunk. We knew that. But they had like three or four games where they played really hard and competitive. And I wouldn't tell you that they were good, but they just came up short. They were right there. They probably, I mean, they should have beat Carolina, right? We know that. They got screwed by the officials which I rarely say that, but that was just blatant with Baycott. They gave Duke a really good game until like the last 10 minutes. Should have beat Notre Dame. I mean, they, this team had a, a fight despite the circumstances. And I remember that's why some fans were still showing up late after Mac moved on. It's like, you know what? This isn't ideal, but man, I'm there for these guys because they're playing hard. Like that was happening. And, and to act as if now, well, what are you going to do? I mean, it's just, uh, there's a bunch of misfits here. That's not true. And you know what? The guys that could have helped you build the culture or at least sustain it and help get it to where you want it to be were not asked to stay. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that for a fact, unless, you know, people that I trust are lying to me. So this is on the text line. And I, this is such a heavy handed thing to say. And it sounds like a very big exaggeration, but I don't really know if I can wholeheartedly disagree. And that is that. Not to pile on, this is a text, not to pile on, Nick, but I think Kenny Payne has had a misstep at every opportunity. I don't know what he's done since he's got the job that would make us feel like this is going to work out. The only thing we have now is hope, and I'm like every fan, I have hope, but that's all. I can't disagree with you. I can't. (laughs) 
NIL doesn't seem to be into it as much as others, and you need that. Didn't get anybody in the portal. Struck out on everybody in 23 that he really wanted. Didn't recruit the roster from a year ago. And it may not have even worked. Some guys were just going to leave. I do want to say that, but still, I, don't, I, know, I know from some players that didn't necessarily want to go, but they, they, ne- they, they never got a call, essentially. At least that's what they, that's what they claim, and I don't have any reason to, to, to think they're lying. And then, of course, this, this current season that we're watching, this team that doesn't look like they're being coached, at least on the floor in the game. And he went from saying it's not about wins and losses this year to now saying, man, these guys need to, to, see, to, to get a win on the resume because it'll tell them that the hard work they're putting in is paying off. And I'm, I'm not sure how hard they're working. I mean, I don't think they're out there literally like not trying at all, but there are some instances of play where it's just like, okay, that's, not only, I mean, that's beyond unacceptable. And there are some play. Look, I, I don't go to practice. I've never been to practice. Probably won't ever go to practice. But there are some players. There's some players that go to practice, and they they'll tell you, you know, hey, um, it's not as if these guys aren't working. They're they're trying. They want they want to be better. And then I've talked to a few former players that I know personally that tell me, yeah, you know, I, I I'm not sure how difficult their practices are. I'm not sure uh, that's going to get it done now. <clears throat> These guys are speaking from the Rick Pitino era where you, you had a better chance. I mean, practices were insanely hard, more difficult than games. But you know what? That's why they were really good. All right, we'll move on. I'm being way too toxic at this point. I apologize. But wait, I don't know what to say. All right, so the college football playoff is expanding. That, of course, is good news. I believe I would not have been mad if it stayed at four. But the the big game changer here is that you now have – so many more teams in college football where the season's going to matter for a longer amount of time. And yes, you may in fact still be very far away from being an actual national championship contender because each year there are very few teams that can say that. Right now, I think there's only two that can say that, and that's Georgia and Michigan. So if there's 12... Washington gets in, Utah, Kansas State, Clemson still gets in. Penn State, Tennessee, who can, well, Penn and Hooker was there, maybe they get hot. Bama would get in, and maybe they'd win it. Hell, they may still get in now. So, it, you know, for a Kansas State or a Utah, or really a Tennessee, given the fact of how bad they've been in recent years, for them to be able to say, you know, we didn't win a title, but, man, we made the playoff, that's something and a Louisville could do that. A Kentucky could do that. Not not frequently, but it's like it's in the realm of possibility. And I think that's good for the sport. There's going to be many games this year where they don't seem to have a whole lot of value, right? Meaning you lose and you know you can still get in if you take care of business, unless it's like a really bad loss. So I'm excited. I really am. It's going to take place starting in, uh, let's see here. It's going to take place starting in 2024. So you've got this year's playoff. Well, I don't know. Is is the college football playoff this year considered the 2022 or 2023? I guess it's 2022. Yeah, so 2023 will be next year, and then 2024 will be the year that uh, it goes to 12, and I am I think it's good for the sport. I really do. I have, I have changed my opinion. I still stand by everything I said, but I'm now just looking at the positives and, and embracing those, I suppose, more than the downside. And the downside is just that, you know, week in and week out, the games don't mean uh, as much.
All right. Uh, also with football, man, it's going to be hard to keep up with, but it gives us some content, and that is the transfer portal. There are uh, a lot of guys already hitting the portal, some with local local uh, ties. Uh, Stephen Herring is the uh, is a former Trinity Shamrock. I believe he was – I'm pretty sure he was the number one player in the state uh, coming out of high school, and the local schools recruited him. Uh, if I remember correctly, he actually had a pretty good relationship with Todd Grantham, but he was going to be recruited at a level that, uh, you know, it just didn't make sense for him to play at Louisville, especially during that time. But, uh, yeah, he's from Trinity, and let me just double-check this. He, you know, obviously, he went, by the way, I guess I have he's from Stan, Stanford. He went to Stanford and um, played for David Shaw, and Stanford, of course, fell off the rails. David Shaw resigned, so he is in the portal and coming out of high school, he was a top 150 player, was a four-star, and had offers from Alabama, Michigan, Florida, Georgia. So, yeah, he had some suitors coming out of high school, and I assume he'll have many suitors after playing most recently at Stanford. I, you got to think Louisville's going to attempt to get in the mix here. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed. This is the kind of guy that you get there. You say, okay, uh, you know, here you go. Like, this is a, this is a, a big-time addition for you in the portal. And look, he'll have, you know, maybe Louisville's not at play here, but if they can somehow, you know, get NIL to be, you know, a factor here, then uh, then we'll see. But he had five and a half sacks, six and a half tackles for a loss, and two forced fumbles this past season. So, again, he's going to have options, fingers crossed, that uh, he comes home. Way too early to know how any, where any of these guys are going to go, right? They just literally made it official by going to the uh, to the portal, so... We'll see. Um, also, another name that um, I'm not sure how familiar Louisville fans are, but T- Tanner Bowles is an offensive lineman from Kentucky who played at Alabama, I believe, for at least a couple years. He's also in the portal. Uh, he is from Glasgow, Kentucky, and his brother, I believe, is is um, pretty sure his brother played for Charlie Strong at Louisville. Yeah, Hunter Bowles played for Charlie Strong back in uh Back in that that era, back in like 2013, 2014. So, um, we'll you know again, no clue how which way any of these guys are leaning by any means. But um, there's going to be some talent out there, and it's you can. I don't know if you can flip your roster overall when it comes to the uh, the football side of things. You certainly can in basketball. There's no doubt about that. But when it comes to football, I mean, Louisville, if, if you're, if, if you go out there and get your, your, a good quarterback, not an elite guy, but a guy that's a good quarterback and, uh, you add certain at certain spots where you're, you're lacking. I mean, you, again, it's hard to say you can actually literally flip, but you can, you can, you can really make a quick jump to where you don't have to be, you know, so patient. I'm looking here and by the way, shout out to 24 seven sports. They actually have the, uh, They've got a portal here where you can see where everybody, you know, where where all these guys are. So, uh, which guys have, of course, you know, entered the transfer portal. So, I'd say the biggest name right now is still going to be the kid from Michigan, who ended up, uh, who ended up, leave. Or he took him to the college football playoff last year, and then now, you know, he lost his job, of course, and he's going to be a hot commodity. So, again, it's way too early to know who's really going to be available in which way they're leaning, but there will be players out there. And keep in mind, this comes in waves, man. There's already guys that are in the portal now. There's going to be a new wave that comes after bowl season, and there's going to be another wave after spring football. So these these schools around the country, Louisville included, Kentucky included, they're going to leave roster spots open because of guys that become available. 
And I'll give Satterfield some credit. I think they, they, Louisville, in my opinion, became a, you know, I don't think they, I mean, they had a better season. There's no denying that. And they took a step forward. I'm not sure how monumental it was, but in the portal, you know, I think they did a good job at, uh, at, at filling some holes. You know, they, uh, they added a handful of guys that I think right away you could see were going to help you. And, and the biggest guy they added didn't even play this year because of injury, Jermaine Lole. He still has eligibility left. I'm not sure what he's going to do, but, uh, you know, he's just somebody that, to keep in mind. You didn't see him at all this year, but Jarvis Brownlee this year. Times, he was a transfer from Florida State. He got picked on, but I think he made some plays for you as well. Uh, Quincy Riley from Middle Tennessee State. He became a very serviceable player for you. Tyler Hudson became the eighth receiver in the history of the program to have 1,000 yards. So, I, I, MJ Griffin. I mean, I do think Louisville, Scott Satterfield did show this past year that he can hit the portal and, and fill some spots. All right, before we get to the headlines, something I want to take a look at, and it's, you know, it's, it's uh, actually before we do that, Matt, I've actually got something that's, uh, that's, I mean, we, I've got an update on the Casey County story. The inmates have not been found. It's two female inmates, as you said. Yes, you better get down there. We, we got to go. We got to hit the road. It says here that uh, the jailer told Lex 18 that the inmates escaped at 4.20 a.m. from unlocked doors in a work center. The doors have been unlocked by law. The doors have to be unlocked by law. And we're told the women are both level one offenders and classified to work in the community. Level one means like not that dangerous, right? I, I would assume. Know. I don't know. If you can work in the community, then I assume that's not, you're probably not in there for murder. But do you know these people? The inmates have been identified as Angela Mason and Chastity Burton. You know any Burtons down there in Liberty? I do, but I'm not sure if I know them or not. I'm going to send you the link. You'll get a okay. picture of their mug shots. Okay. You could, look, if you know who they are, you recognize them, then you could, you could be key in getting this thing solved. If they're get, up get, here, I can't tell you where they're at. And well, we're going down. We're going down there. We're going down there. Come on. I got to say We're going down there. I mean, they need us. How about a hometown hero coming back to get the kids back in school? They got school closed off now because of this, Matt. I mean, this is a serious situation. And don't ask what your community can do for you, what you can do for your community, all right? You got me? I don't think I'll drive. Okay. I'll drive. All right. All right, so it's hard to to take any kind – you know, it's hard to to, – to say a thing about Kentucky right now from the rivalry side, right? Because, I mean, look at Louisville basketball. But I'm telling you, you couldn't convince me that Calipari's just not trolling at this point. Like, I got the lifetime contract. I'm not going anywhere. I'm stubborn as hell. I'm just going to... Just gonna troll my fans here, just just to see. You know, I'm just gonna see what I can get away with. I'm gonna see how far I can take it. Because, I mean, he's still playing lineups that make no sense. Uh, they've lost to the teams that actually are supposed to give them a challenge, and now, at this point, like he's got them going to London, Matt, to take on Michigan. It's an eight-and-a-half-hour flight. Isn't that where everybody plays Michigan, London? Yeah. It's yeah. eight-and-a-half-hour flight. It's going to take place while NFL games are going on. And, oh, by the way, England plays in the World Cup at the same time as that game. I mean, nobody there. A yeah, that wasn't the greatest schedule. I mean, like, this is like, I'm just going to plan this trip. I mean, again, you never knew. There's no way you knew that England would be playing at the same time. But you knew the World Cup was going on. And you're going over there where they have clearly much more interest in... 
soccer than they do well, basketball. If you're a Kentucky fan, that means you're going to be able to get some seats. But it's an eight and a half hour flight. Yeah, but nobody local is going to want to watch it. If There'll you're be right. some I mean, Kentucky fans there, but I think for the most part, it's going to be an empty arena. Like the locals are not going to go to that while the World Cup is on, right? No, I don't think so. Not while they're not going to go watch Kentucky and Michigan play yeah. when they can watch their national team in the world. Maybe if Cup. the Lakers were in town, maybe. But still, I think it's just a hard. It's a tough sell. Like I think Cal's just out there saying things like, you know, I'm going to play zone the whole game. Like he said something the other day. I'm going to play zone the entire practice. And that made fans think he might play zone. He wasn't going to play zone. He didn't zone Bellerman. It's just like I, I've I've come to appreciate Cal for what he is as a character. <laughs> he's he's going to be missed. I mean, I won't miss him kicking Louisville's ass every year. But he's one of the last remaining, I guess, uh, stubborn ego figures in college basketball. I mean, what did he say after... Uh, after they lost to Gonzaga, oh yeah, we're in practice. We don't know the play. Guy, you don't know the plays. Like, imagine making a gazillion dollars a year, and you had extra time. You took your team to the Bahamas, and you lose to Gonzaga by what eighteen points after losing to Michigan State, and now that loss doesn't look like a very good loss. And oh, you know, we haven't practiced. <laughs> he doesn't know the plays. What do you expect? It's Oscar. It's just it, I, I find humor in it. I really do. All right, quickly, before we take the time out and hit those Fast Five headlines, I've got a list here of other head coaches that were hired in the offseason that were head coaches for the first time. And there's not many. In fact, I'm still looking here. See, some of these coaches did end up coaching elsewhere. I just didn't know and wasn't familiar with their schools because, again, even 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 programs like South Carolina and Missouri, Maryland, they don't hire head coaches that have never done the job. And I said that from day one that I had issues with that, but this is not an I told you so moment because I was willing to say, yeah, let's do that if the other candidates are guys like Matt McMahon because – Kenny will check all the boxes that maybe they can't. And so far, that's just not been the case. But just other coaches in their first year in general. Jerome Tang. What do you know about Jerome Tang, Matt? Sounds refreshing. Yep. Jerome Tang is the head coach at a little place called Kansas State. Okay. What do you think he inherited at Kansas State? I mean, probably not a a talented program. You don't think so? I don't think they were very good last year. And uh, Kansas State, with Jerome Tang in year one, they are sitting with a 6-1 and one record. They actually took their first loss of the season last night. They were 14-17 and 17 last year, if yeah. you're wondering. Yeah, similar to Louisville, right? Yeah, similar. Pretty close. And they lost their first game last night to Butler. They have wins over LSU, Nevada, Rhode Island. Well, Cat- they, they, they have a way better culture. Oh, they do. He yeah. inherited a better culture. They inherited a better culture. They've been on, they, they've been on, uh, pro- they haven't been on probation for the last seven years. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, here is an example of a, uh, of a similar hire, but then again, it's also not the same thing. Sorry. Something, did you get an email? Yeah. When you start talking about Kenny Payne, the people who refuse to, do you need to read it? The people who refuse to, uh, acknowledge that he may be in a little over his head, they lose their mind and yell at me. But nonetheless, Villanova, Villanova, they, I mean, he's taken over for Jay Wright. He actually inherited probably a pretty damn good roster, right? I don't know about that. 
I mean, Villanova, I mean, they just went 30-8 and eight last year. Do you know what their record is? Two and five. It's not good. They're bad. Like, why is that not getting more attention? Oh, you know why? Because they're not really a blue blood. They're Villanova. They snuck around, won some titles. They're not a bad program, but, like, they're not what they think they are. And this guy's too, I mean, they've well, Also, their worst loss is 12 points. Louisville doesn't even have a 12-point loss yet. Yeah, we do. Well, I mean, not to not to teams. Put some respect on Wright State. Not to teams. I'm not talking about those first three games that have no business being played. I mean, let's go look at Matt McMahon, who was the Murray State coach. And I'll be honest with you, I I, the, I was scared that he may be a candidate. And he's 6-1 and one with his only loss big to Kansas State. And I'm pretty sure they lost on a buzzer beater. They haven't beaten many teams. They don't have a great, uh, you know, Ken Palm. But, like, this is a first-year head coach that inherited, you know, I mean, look at the cloud that's been over LSU. Matt McMahon brought some of his guys from Murray State. Yeah, but he inherited a bad culture at LSU. You I think mean, so? Not as bad, not nearly as bad a culture. I mean, they were they were twenty two and twelve last year. See what I'm saying? They had twenty two culture last year. Oh yes, that makes sense. And so, not as bad of a culture as Louisville, who had less culture. Yeah, yeah. Chris Jans at Mississippi State, first year head coach there. How do you think he's doing? Let's take a look. Good old uh, Mississippi State here. I think he's doing all right. They're not. They haven't lost yet. Yep, and they're twenty sixth in the Ken Palm. Unless my, yep, are they? Is that right? Um, twenty. 20 yeah, yeah, that's right. Seven and zero. Oh, they got wins over Marquette, who just dusted Baylor the other night. They beat Utah. Those are Power Five, Power Six wins. Chris Jans and uh, he inherited eighteen culture from last year. Gotcha. So look, I. I'm not saying anybody expected this to be great by any means, but those that genuinely believe that this was just this currently was part of the process that we were bound to go through, you're in denial. And I hope you are happy. Like not saying like, oh, hope you like it. I mean, just mean like if you just if you want to stay there and that's just because it keeps your sanity fine. Everybody's got their own way of dealing with stuff. I'm worried. You're in the red zone with Nick Coffee on 790 KRD, fueled by Thornton's. All right, quickly, I got sidetracked, uh, so I meant to play this for you guys in the first segment, and I did not. So here it is. This is Josh Hur talking about Kenny Payne and uh, Scott Satterfield. I don't think I played it earlier, but my mind is not well. I know I played it throughout the show, but I don't think I played it in the 9 o'clock. The, the comment, obviously, a rough start for the men's team. There's a lot of, of criticism out there, just some words for the for the fan base as, as the beginning of the Kenny Payne era goes. For me, it's just uh, allowing him to develop this program. I, I didn't think it was going to be easy when when he was hired, and, and it's not. And he's, you know, if you look at where this program was and essentially being on probation for the equivalent of the last seven years, um, I knew this was going to take some time, and it's going to take some time, and I'm going to do everything I can to support him, support the program, support our student-athletes. Uh, and I, I absolutely, 100%, 1,000% think he's the right person for the job, and I'm not going to waver from that. And uh, on the football side, is there any uh, 
any update or, or news on on potentially an extension or a new deal for uh, Scott Satterfield? No, Scott is he's so focused on what he has to do with recruiting and the transfer portal as far as kids coming in, kids going out. And so we obviously sat down and we've had some discussions about the future of the program, but that was the focus of that conversation is just the future of the program and what he thinks he needs to, to move this program forward uh, to the next step and, and how we, we, we just continue to build it and get better. And, you know, uh, he, him and I are on the same page that, you know, seven wins was, was an okay season and we both want it to be better and so that's what we're going to look to do thanks i mean two people made this observation like again there's no as i've said since the post game show up to the kentucky loss this week like i understand the the discussion fans have about sort of where we are with satterfield but there's no there's no they're not moving on from him i think what we need to now wait and see is are they going to give him an extension all right time for the headlines let's do it it's time for the Fast Five Headlines with the marvelous Matt Allen. Number one. From the There Are Other Things Going On in the World Department, uh, the World Cup continues today. Mexico spent decades uh, making it to the knockout stages of the World Cup, and they're not going to do it this time, though. For the first time, I believe, since 1978. Is that right? I thought it was in the eighties. Anyway, they won't be in the knockout rounds. Um, they didn't. They failed to come out of Group C or D. Yeah, Group C, um, and it ended up being the Argentines and the Poles came out. Uh, Argentina actually won the group. It looked like they were not going to for a while, but for a few m- minutes, it was an, an, a very <laughs> tense situation as the Argentina was leading the group, but Poland and Mexico were in a tie all the way down to fair play points because their goal differential was the same. Their points in the group were the same. Their goal differential was the same. The goals four were the same. So if all those are the same, it goes down to FIFA fair play points, which is when yellow and red cards are considered. And whoever has more of those would not win the tiebreaker. And, it, uh, and at the end of the day, Saudi Arabia scored another goal, so their goal differential didn't matter. Uh, but Mexico not moving on. Today, more cool action in the World Cup. Actually, today's action looks pretty good. Group E is going to be very exciting. Spain, Japan, Costa Rica, and Germany all could advance. No one in that group is out. Uh, lots of n- interesting scenarios with those four. In fact, it's the only uh, group with two former champions in Spain and Germany. And Costa Rica and Japan have also had a, a good win uh, as well. So, and Group F, it's going to Canada. Unfortunately, is the only t- team that's been eliminated in Group F, which is very disappointing because they looked very good in their first game. But Belgium, Morocco, and Croatia are all uh, vying to be two of the teams to head out of Group F. So you'll see two more Concacaf teams today. That is the uh, conference. Uh, the yeah, US that's what I was from. thinking. Uh, but Canada is out, even though they're going to play. Uh, Costa Rica can advance with a win against Germany. They are eliminated with a defeat. Um, so they could actually win the group if Spain and Japan ends in a draw. It's interesting. So far, has there been any real surprises, big upsets the that that, are, that have advanced that nobody thought, and those that maybe maybe um, you know the other way around? Uh, they- I think. 
most people had Ecuador over Senegal uh, in Group A. I think pretty much we got who we thought we would get out of Group B. Um, I mean, Mexico not making it to the knockout stage for the first time in I think Mexico that's a, that's not being out line. over Poland. I think that's that was a big upset. And then Australia hadn't made it out of the group stage ever, I think, maybe. I think ever, maybe. Or, or once and they lost immediately in the knockout stage. So um, that's uh, that was, I mean, I think Australia over Denmark is probably a surprise as well. Number two. From the... Porn it in department. Devin Booker torched the Did Chicago. You say porn? Hmm? Porn? If that's what you want to hear. Devin Booker is in porn. Yep. Torched the Chicago Bulls for a season high fifty-one points in just three quarters as the Suns stretched their winning streak to six games in a preview of the NBA Finals one thirty-two. 113 on Wednesday night. Booker scored 25 points in the first half and had 26 more in the third quarter. Good grief. He gets uh, hot. Man, he can score. 20 of 25 from the field, 6 of 7 from threes. The second player in the past 25 years with 50 points and 80% shooting through the first three quarters of the game. The other is who, Nick? Michael Jordan? No. What's the number? Uh, let's see, uh, 50 points and 80% shooting through the first three quarters of the game. 50 points and three quarters. Shaq? No, that's a good guess because the 80% percentage, shooting. percentage, yeah. James Harden in 2017. <laughs> Would have never guessed that. There you go. DeMar DeRozan led Chicago with 29, uh, but they lost. Doubles. Number three. From the with the next pick in the NFL draft, the Indianapolis Colts select department. Kentucky quarterback Will Levis, a potential top five pick, said during an interview on Twitter that he intends to enter the NFL draft. He could have applied for another year of eligibility because of the disruption of the COVID pandemic, but he says uh, said he'll be making the decision on whether to compete in Kentucky's bowl game soon. Quote, I'll make an official announcement once I feel it's necessary and appropriate, but I do believe after this year I'll be declaring ESPN uh, NFL draft expert Mel Kuyper Jr. has Levis as the fourth highest rated uh, prospect, one spot behind Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud and one spot ahead of Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. So he's definitely going to the Colts, right, Nick? So here's the thing. Yes, I think you will end up at the Colts just because that's life for me. But Kuyper has some kind of a a relationship and affiliation with Levis' representation. It's very evident. He's the one who started the whole thing of him becoming a good quarterback prospect in the NFL at the elite level. And I'm not saying he's not. Um, I could see Will Levis being a quarterback in the NFL, but he's going to have to improve on a lot of things. His decision-making is not very good. I mean, he did not have a good year. So the Athletic has him going 14th to the Colts, and have they have, let's see, you know, a handful of other quarterbacks ahead of him, which is still pretty damn good, but the belief that, like, oh, he's going to be the number one quarterback taken is just not, I mean... I don't know. Who's saying that? This what? report says that... One place has him, this play, uh, Mel has him fourth, and you said he was the highest, so I don't think anybody has him first, do they? Well, they did. I mean, until you know, Bryce Young did his thing. Yeah. And, you know, CJ Stroud's having a great year as well. I mean, just looking at other mock drafts out there, that was the athletic. That's Dane Brugler. I mean, if we can't trust Dane Brugler, who can we trust, Matt? Let's be real here. I don't know. Um, 
CBS has him going uh, to at pick number six. I'm curious. To, and then I saw Bleacher Report had him as like the 50th best prospect. So, look, it all depends on where you look and this is going to change. When the, and I, I think Will Levis, here's what I do believe will happen. When it comes to what is evaluated in the process of being drafted, he is going to do really well. He's going to show off his arm. He's going to be charming. He's got the size that a lot of NFL. Are you looking at a picture of him or something? You just no. I was going to say he was handsome, but I okay. don't want to do that. Well, you paused long enough that you said it anyway. Number four. four walls to hear me. From the oh yeah, I forgot number one department. The college football playoffs, a long-awaited expansion, appears to be happening sooner than expected. The Rose Bowl has signed an agreement that will allow the CFP, is that what we're calling it now, uh, to expand to twelve teams for the twenty twenty-four and twenty twenty-five seasons. Two years earlier than previously planned, uh, Sports Illustrated reported the Rose Bowl had been the final holdout, preventing the playoff from making the early change. Uh, CFP officials reportedly issued an ultimatum to Rose Bowl organizers weeks ago, giving them an end-of-the-month deadline to agree to the proposal. So it looks like uh, Rose, Sugar, Cotton, Orange, Fiesta, and Peach, uh, the New Year's Six Bowls, will cycle through hosting quarterfinal and semifinal games, with each bowl getting a semifinal once every three years. First-round games will reportedly be held the third week of December, quarterfinals, New Year's Day, and then uh, a fourth either on New Year's Eve or January 2nd, and then the semifinals a week later and the championship game a week later. Good grief. So that's like a month now, pretty much. It's kind of like the NFL playoffs. Here we are. I love it. I love it. It's going to make uh, the regular season completely worthless. That will be a hit. That's, uh, that's for sure. Number five. From the deal breaker department, Nomad Rad Tattoo, anyway, whoever that is, has over 5 million views. Nick has a lot of views on his TikTok video. He doesn't have 5 million, I don't think, yet. Um, showing of, oh, this is the, actually, I guess this is the, actual, this is the business. This isn't, this isn't the dude. So this is the business, Nomad Rad Tattoo, anyway. Um, is showing a customer's forehead tattoo. For some reason, this guy, do we have his name? No, we do not have his name. But he decided to get a cross tattoo on his forehead that in inside the cross, it has the words hot dogs. Excuse me? Now, the hot is going across the cross, H-O-T, using the same O, dogs is going down the cross. So we have a cross on someone's forehead that spells hot dogs. That seems like a pretty wild tattoo. It also seems like a way to make everyone have an immediate well, everybody judgment wa- ev- on you everybody wants to know. life. Yeah, everybody wants to know. Um, what is the wildest tattoo you would get, Nick? If <laughs> I wouldn't get any. You wouldn't get, you no. wouldn't get the safest, like you're... Kid's name, nothing. If I was forced to get a tattoo, I would do something in regards to my children. That's for sure. Okay, I don't know what I would do. But that's the wildest you would get is something in regards in regard to your children. Yeah, maybe I'll get a big moose tattooed on my back. That's pretty wild. If you're gonna go that, you're gonna go a giant moose. Yeah, what would I do for my daughter? I don't know. I'll give it some thought. Maybe not though, because I'm never getting a tattoo. 
What would you do? Hulk Hogan on your bicep? Yeah, you could do worse. You could do worse, right? That sounds good. All right, that was the Fast Five headlines. Thank you, as always, Matt. All right, let's get to it. Some famous birthdays today. We'll start with Zoe Kravitz, or Zoe. Uh, I don't know, 40? She's 34. Okay. How's, do you know who Janelle Monet is, the singer? Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, I don't know, 43. 37. Okay. Sorry, uh, sorry, ladies. Sarah, Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman. She's kind of hot. 49. Close, she's 51. Okay. How about Bette Midler? Bet Midler, 76. Right on the money. Baby, finally. Ha- Javier Baez. Who? Javier the Baez. player? Baseball player. Okay. Javier Baez. Uh, 32. He's 30. Gotta go. Gotta go. See you tomorrow. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.